Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and he is Hal Edward Runkle. That is the cheesiest thing I've heard in was, a long time. <laughs> that, that was pretty was bad, so wasn't it? so lame. How are you today, Hal? I'm doing better than that introduction. I haven't seen you in a while. It has been a while. Where, you, you've been gone, I've been gone. I was in uh, Nashville at the AACC, the... Uh, what is that? American Association of Christian Counselors. Christian. Christian. Yes. There's a lot of people up there, and they're good people. There's some good folks up there. There really are. And there's a lot of people up there blaming God for stuff that they're doing on their own. Which I'll just wow. tell you. Uh, that's interesting. It's it's a fascinating mix of people. Interesting. And it's all well, it's a lot a of friends. It's a huge conference, yeah. It is a gigantic conference. It's their global mm-hmm. conference of world domination. Once every two years. And they have it there in Nashville. At the old Opryland Hotel. Which is a beautiful hotel. Oh, it's a city. It really is. It's a city it, under a glass. <laughs> yes. So I uh, I got to see a lot of old friends that I haven't seen in a while, and I saw a lot of old friends of yours, people that you went to graduate school mm-hmm. with, and even people you went to high school with. That was random. Yeah, yeah. When you sent me that text, that was wild. Yeah, it was crazy. And this was uh, the strangest thing that we encountered. Uh, our booth mm-hmm. was directly next to Daryl Strawberry's booth. Which I, I, you sent me a picture. That's just awesome. He Guy is watched, a giant, but he's, he's a, a large, large human. He's a yes. big fella. He's I didn't realize that. It's like six five. Human. Yeah. Because you were there with Kelvin Teamer, one of our trainers. Who, I'm not a small guy. No, you're what, 6'2", 6'1", six six one, one, something like I that? Weigh, one, about 190, 195 pounds. You wish. But I, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, I, I weigh myself. I weighed myself this morning at the gym. <laughs> I'm joking. It was 197. Yeah. So I shaved yeah, a couple so of pounds. you shaved a okay. yeah, Whatever you right. need to tell yourself to make yourself feel lighter. But uh, yeah, Kelvin is is uh, shorter. He's like 5'9". Kelvin so. is live. Yes. He's slight. He's slight. But he's, he, uh, like Daryl Strawberry, he is a uh, chrome dome African-American. Yes. Right? And so chrome you, dome. Chrome nice. dome. Yeah. So uh, shiny bald head. So you sent me a picture of the three of you together. Yeah. And <laughs> so you got Kelvin's... African American chrome dome head next to Daryl Strawberries, and next to it looked my, yeah it looked like Daryl Strawberry had eaten a couple of <laughs> at least two <laughs> of Kelvin's heads. It looked like you could put two and a half of Kelvin's heads he in one of Daryl. He's a big guy, human, big but, hands. But and, the idea that he could be that big, six foot six or whatever, and have a swing, have a swing as oh, beautiful man. as that. No wonder he was incredible. Now Daryl Strawberry, for those of you who don't know, struggled with addiction, battled addiction for he was a very long player, time. Right? He was a baseball player here in America and uh, and struggled with addiction. Yes, he has uh, uh, overcome many yes. obstacles, and he now uh, runs or, or has opened a series of uh, treatment facilities right. for people in recovery. Rehab so centers. Yeah. good for him. That's no, it that's really fantastic. is. He's living in St. Louis. He's married. He's doing remarkably well. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was a fun thing. I was in Nashville, and then mm-hmm. I, w- I got to spend a couple of hours with the folks at uh, Fort Campbell. In I got to speak to Kentucky. a a room, 150 pregnant and recently postpartum soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah. The amount of estrogen oh in that gosh. room was just palpable. Oh, my gosh. See, I've done it <laughs> once. I did it at Fort Hood with 600 of those folks Ooh. at 6 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, yeah. Oh, see, yeah, you got to sleep I in. I got to sleep in. Yeah. Well, you were at Fort Hood, though, so your time changed. Yeah, yeah that, that made all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yes, it's early in the morning, and it you're is. talking to these pregnant women. Now, the one thing, though, they're excited about is they're not working out. Yeah, they're exactly. Instead, they're not outside. They're sitting down. They're in a Because usually they're working facility. out Oof, at that time. Goodness. So it was a lot so of So I haven't fun. talked to you since then. So no. I heard you were... Uh, 
there were some interesting challenges with the logistics, but we don't need to go uh, into that. No. But, but how overall the talk? The talk went well. Here, yeah. you know, uh, normally that talk, as you know, takes about, you know, an hour and 20 minutes, and then you take some Q&A at the end. This is you the can, five truths. Yeah, the five truths every uh, parent needs to know. And, right. And uh, if you really stretch out, you can take about an hour and a half. Right. If you need to shrink it down, it can be an hour and 15. There's some wiggle room in there. Right. So uh, I'm supposed to go from 7 to 8.30. But uh, I don't, for a number of reasons, I don't actually take the floor until about 7.20. Mm-hmm. So I'm already in my head. I'm thinking, okay, shortened. I got to do the shortened rain pace version of this. Yeah. And, uh, and then I look up at five minutes till mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, and I'm getting the five sign. The five, five minute, minutes to Five go. minutes to go. So I had just introduced the third thing every parent needs to know. Oh. And uh, suddenly. suddenly, it was a little bit of a bumpy landing, but I did find out it's possible to deliver an hour and a half long talk in just over 40 minutes. Absolutely. So, and I heard about that and I thought, well, you know what? He's a pro. He's going <laughs> to handle that. And uh, God knows I've been there a million times. Landed so. that plane at 8.02 yeah. and we were out the door. Wow. Wow, what's amazing is the palpable feeling that you get in your chest Ooh, when you see that. When you five see that high five I mean, sign, it literally feels like a dagger. And you start you know to—I right? started to think, how long have I taken? Is uh, exactly. It, yeah, did exactly. I? Don't you hate that one? Oh man, oh, what did I do? God. Did I chase a rabbit for mm-hmm. twenty minutes? Did I pass out and my mouth kept going? Yes. What has happened? It is for those who do public speaking. Uh, that thing is. I got, well, I'll tell you, I got a. You know, I, I do it for a living. I deliver a right. hundred talks a year. Yeah. Uh, at least, but I got an intimidating one coming up. Mm. Yeah. What do you got? I got speaking to my son's junior high. Oh, boy. Yeah, I would rather talk to a a million pregnant women (laughs) than than junior junior high high kids, especially with your son sitting in the room. He's Yeah, he is in charge. They go to a uh, Christian private high school, right? or private school, and he is in charge of what's called chapel class, because every day they've got a 30-minute chapel thing presentation, and so he's one of the kids, he's an eighth grader, and so there's a committee, and he's in charge, and he asked me if I would speak. Wow. See, I get the opposite. I speak at a lot of churches. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of my background. And uh, my daughters, uh, two of my two oldest daughters are in the youth group at our church. Right. And uh, they have a retreat coming up. Mm-hmm. And the youth minister there is a good friend of mine named Joey. And Joe asked me if I would be interested in speaking at the retreat. Oh, that's not happening. And my daughter said, no, no sir, you are not, not doing that. That's not happening. Yeah. No, the, the only the only reason I got the invite for this is he's in charge of this class. They have it four days a week. Oh, he, he ran out of, like, and, how many people did he get yeah. down the list before he's, he got to you? He's got to fill a lot of time slots. And so, Dad, yeah. uh, somebody asked me, if, uh, would you do it? And so, Ugh. you know, it's so interesting. What... You know, speaking to high school kids would be a lot easier for me. Middle school school. is a special time. It is a special time. (laughs) It's especially awful, is what it is. Yeah, it is a cruel joke. I was going to pull that punch, but then I realized they're not listening. Middle schoolers aren't listening. Well, that's this. So uh, we can just be honest. Middle schoolers, it's it's awful. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's true. It's It's terrible. It stinks. 
it's awful. You've got a face full of zits. You've got a voice full of cracks, right? Yeah. You've got a. It's aw- and your none bo- of your clothes ever fit because you're growing too rapidly. Exactly, a body full of awkwardness. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. You, your, your arm used to extend only so far, and yes. you grew accustomed to that. And now all of a sudden, it extends four inches further, and so you're constantly knocking things over and bumping into yes, things. Yes, you and are. Into My people. son is all the time, and your nose or your ears or both Something is are out growing of differently than the yeah. rest of you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's you know, we call it the ugly phase in our house. That everybody's got an ugly phase, and of course, the big joke with my kids is, "Well, when are you going to grow out of yours, Dad?" Exactly. You know, it's easy to do, but they uh, they each have had it. And my daughter's was earlier. With girls, it's usually earlier. It's sixth grade. With boys, Mm -hmm. it's seventh and eighth grade. You know, whenever it happens, and usually you have braces on, right? And so it just compounds. yeah. Yeah. And so I'm a little I'm a little nervous about delivering this talk to. Gosh, I think it'll be about, I don't know, 300, no, 400. 400 middle schoolers. No, 450. Yeah, 450 middle schoolers. Who all attend a private Christian school. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not going to do anything uh, religious. They're bringing me on as the marriage and family and relationship guy. Oh, well, that that won't be awkward at all. Let's talk about relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I really don't. I'm thinking about Just go in there and talk about you know college football and um, and One Direction and, one, I'll, and I'll be good. One Direction, I will be good. Oh oh oh! I meant to tell you this. What? So you know I'm constantly making fun of you and your man crush on the band Rush. Yes. And uh, so the other night, my daughter, who has we've discussed this before, she's uh, into music. She's into music, and she's been into some kind of screamo kind of bands. Yes. Pierce the Veil and, um, I don't know, Screaming with Sirens. I just made that up. Nice. I don't need, no. So, um, so bands like that. So uh, I was flipping through the channels and Rush was in concert mm-hmm. uh, from like last year, the Time Machine tour, okay, where they played the, the whole uh, moving, moving pictures, pictures live album? for the first time ever. Okay, yeah. we're so dating and so... Well, again, I continue to make the joke how white we are, but we wow. are incredibly white. Yeah. So anyway, I brought my daughter in uh-huh. and uh, had her watch about a half an hour of these old Canadian dudes. Yes, and they were they're they're really good. Well, they're the best musicians. They are fantastic musicians, right? and uh, and my daughter is like. <gasps> this is where all of my music comes from. Wow. Yeah, she figured that out. Wow. That's fantastic. So I said, you know, on the uh, desktop computer, mm-hmm. we actually have some Rush. Some Rush. you could. And she's it. like, I'm getting that right now. I'm putting it on wow. my iPod. Wow. So you have Can another convert to your Rush you switch army. Her, switch her with my daughter. Oh, it, what is your, your daughter's into One Direction and all that, right? She, she, well, she is very but eclectic. That's what reminded me of it. It was my daughter, during that concert, looked at me and said, aren't you glad I don't listen uh, to One Direction? That's funny. And I hugged her really tight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, my daughter is crazily into One Direction, but, which is amazing. She's almost 17, but she's also into a lot of indie rock stuff. Yeah. Well, because you and yeah. Jenny listen to a lot of we Amy Mann of stuff. and yeah, uh, but she's into like Michael uh, Penn of Monsters and Men. Yeah. And, yeah. Annabelle uh, has a t shirt from of Monsters okay, and yeah. Men. So she likes them. And, and, but also she's really big in a country too. So it's a very. What? Yeah. And we just went to see the Muse concert together and she loves Muse. And that was seriously. You said that was a great concert. One of the right? top three concerts I've ever seen. Now, Kelvin. I didn't realize this. Our colleague, mm-hmm. Kelvin, who has the small 
bald head. Yes, yes. That, uh, the one the that was that we were talking about. The by, one that was eaten by Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry right. uh, Kelvin uh, is a country music fan because his mother is. Yeah, his mother was. I a almost huge... had to tell him. You realize you're black, right? No. That's not. She and was... he said, "Well, we had Charlie Pride growing oh, up. Oh, there that you was, go. You, you know, did have that absolutely. No, she she was big into old country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Waylon he, Jennings. Yeah. The outlaws yes. stuff. Yeah. Waylon and Willie and the boys. Yeah, and whoever died recently, who's the guy that died recently? The old older one. George uh, George Jones. Jones. She was big into George Jones. George she was sad, Jones, he yeah. said. He yeah. said she was sad when he died. Wow. So you can't ever tell. I mean, here oh, we are, goodness. a couple of white guys. But you also, you know all the lyrics to all the rap songs. You were uh, no, quoting no. the rap songs I was, recently. I do not know the Somebody rap sent songs. me an email. I'm not making this up. Mm. Somebody sent me an email after listening to the podcast where you referenced that uh, stop, drop, cool, and roll uh, thing, or what was that? What cooperate was and listen. Stop it's cooperate and listen. For crying out loud. Right, so somebody sent me uh-huh. the entire lyrics. Lyrics, of yeah. course. And, and, and said, they probably typed, now you know. Then they probably typed it from, from mem- memory. From memory. Think, yeah, they could be. I no, I was not in, I was. I, I, I know a, a, a lot of hip-hop, and I don't know that much. I, but I can tell you, I, I, I got R&B songs, man. Oh, Yeah. Oh, I can quote those all day. Seventies, seventies R and B, R and B, no seventies so, R and B. So like Chic oh. and uh, Sly and a Family Stone. Oh, I'm a huge Sly fan. Yeah, huge okay. Sly fan. Yeah. Now yeah. I mentioned this that uh, somebody sent me an email. We actually are getting a fair amount of, they, of email from. Folks. We are, and we covet those. We covet them, even we though we're covet not supposed them. to covet. We we it's covet a, these. You can covet something. Can you covet your neighbor's email? Is it is that allowed? <laughs> as long as it's not your neighbor's wife, right? Okay. Wasn't that the one? Don't, or donkey? Don't or covet. manservant? <laughs> those were in the. I'm, yeah, I'm remembering quoting, them in old King quoting, James. That's quoting the Ten, the Ten Commandments. Commandments. Okay. That's the foundation of Western civilization. There that I'm quoting. But we get a lot of email, and we do. Uh, we like that. We we want that. We desire that kind of feedback. Well, we want to grow this thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, we want to grow. We're having more fun with this podcast <laughs> than I don't either know if you can one tell of us. That out there, yeah. but we're enjoying ourselves more fun than either one of you, uh, either one of us thought. And we're actually getting feedback that says this is actually helpful. Yeah. Which is again surprising to us because it, this just feels like our normal this is just like us having conversations but it's fun it's fun and and it, it it's and like it's, you said it's it's helpful and that's ultimately what scream free exists to do the institute exists to to help people you know we want to uh, make sure that what we're saying is true, of course, and that we're yes. having fun while we do it. We say true things in a fun way, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that what we're doing is helpful. Sure, and the reason why we try and make it fun is because I have found that the easiest way to help people look at themselves, which is what really we're trying to do, I mean, the yeah. first line of both of the books says the best thing you can do is focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. So the, but the best way to well, willingly look at yourself is to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why comedians are so good at it. I mean... Uh, and it's why we do it. We tell stories on ourselves in here yes. all the time. Because we want to help facilitate you out there willingly looking at yourself. And so we got an email from a listener. Hannah Bear. Which, I, she, I probably know her. Yeah, I don't know. I, and, and I'm embarrassed that I don't remember... But it sounds familiar. But here's why it sounds familiar for me. She, oh yeah, yeah. Because your she, daughter's name is Hannah. Yeah. Well, she spells her last name B A E R. Well, my daughter's nickname for the longest time was Hannah Bear B E A R. Because uh, see, yeah, we, her yeah, name yeah, is Hannah Elizabeth. So we I Hannah call, Beth. I called her Hannah Beth for a long time, and that turned into Hannah Bear when she was little, and then it turned to Hannah Boo. Yeah. And now it's just Boo. Annabelle was that way. Annabelle was became Anna Boo very quickly, really? and then just became Boo. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. So you call your daughter Boo? Yeah, I call my daughter Boo. So it was wow. Annabelle became Boo. Yeah. Eliza, for whatever reason, became Lou. So we had Boo and Lou. Interesting. And then Amelia became Moo. So for a long time, I had Boo, Lou, and Moo. I'm really, I'm really thinking the Moo's not going to stick. Yeah, that didn't stick. And yeah. and now Eliza has said no more with the Lou. So there you okay, have it. but yeah. the Boo, but Boo has stuck. And and during going back to junior high, during junior high, my daughter, she was a little reticent for me to say Boo, like uh, you know, yell across the quad at school. Well, hey yeah. Boo, you know, yeah, because you know, of Monsters Inc. Uh, and everybody associates uh, it with that little I, lady. I, just think I guess she didn't want to be associated with me. Yeah. But yeah, well. now, I mean, I still that's how I. Almost all of my texts to her start, "Hey boo, yeah." It's I still call her my boo boo sometimes yep. too. Okay, so so Anyways, Hannah Bear sounds familiar to you yes. because it's your daughter. So, but, but I think to this the Hannah real Bear, Hannah Bear, I apologize for. Oh, by the way, let me let me mention this too. If you're going to send us email, it would be easier to just send it directly to me, John T at screamfree dot com. Like it J- rhymes. J o h n t. Yes, the letter T. Yes, at screamfree. John T at screenfree.com. Just mail email them to me and then we'll you know, if your topic is good, then <laughs> then we'll talk about it. And we'll mention you by name and embarrass you. Yeah. That'd be great. So Hannah Bear writes yes. in and uh, and she talks about how um, she has a friend who she considers to be the most screen free person ever. But then she realized, like, I would hate to play poker with this person. Mm. And I can't ever tell kind of where I stand with this person. Is she affirming? Is hmm. she disapproving? Is she... And I think there is a perception out there that being scream-free means being stoic. Or aloof. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not You're the case. You're aloof. I'm sorry, that's an old joke. I'm call aloof. me aloof. That's not very nice. Sorry. Don't call me aloof. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. There is a, a situation... <sighs> A perception, if you will, that being screen-free means st- stoic, aloof, emotion-free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely not the case. Okay, right? so how do you... My wife clearly knows <laughs> where I stand or <laughs> well, how you... I feel on certain things. <laughs> you, um, uh, you don't mask uh, very often. I- I'm sure no, when no, you're no, in no. therapy, you-, you put on therapy face... But like you, you and I have joked about this. Mm-hmm. You don't have a very pleasant resting face sometimes. Sometimes, and and yeah. you've gotten in trouble. We've talked about here uh, with your your son's baseball team has yeah, asked they, you not to show your face. Coach first out base, the, yeah, yeah because, because you you're I look ticked. It, you put uh, your emotion shows on your face. Well, no. I, what's weird is that's not the emotion I was feeling. Oh, so that's they, just your natural resting face. I'm just okay. a jerk, <laughs> according to my face. <laughs> Just a jerk. You just have a face. I have a face. Yeah, okay, all right. I have a face. It's probably underlying things. I'm hey, I'm going to therapy. <laughs> I'm trying to work it out. He's in his forties. Yeah. His back hurts. Yeah, exactly, uh... exactly. Yes. Yeah. So... so the but so I don't know. I would I would not say that this woman um, that she knows is the most scream free person. It could be she's the most closed off person. Yeah. But continue on with the. So she says she realizes that um, sometimes. She may be too quick to give feedback mm-hmm. uh, to people. She she talks about her son in particular. Her yeah. son gets in the car after a soccer game, and whether he's done well or poorly or whatever, she and her husband tend to just sort of dump all this feedback. feedback. Yeah. You know, oh, this was great, or that was, or you should have, or why didn't you, or how come, and you know, mm. and they're bombarding him right with feedback. 
And maybe they ought to pull back off of that. Well, and that's what's great is she's actually saying that. She's yeah. saying, but she doesn't know what she would do. Instead. Instead, because yeah. she doesn't want to appear like her friend does, that totally emotionless and closed off. Or maybe and... she does, or maybe she thinks she's supposed to. Maybe she thinks that's what scream-free grown-up looks like. Right. Somebody who is not swayed, and they keep their emotions, their the, the swing of emotion, the pendulum, if you yeah. will, the range of that emotion is very narrow. Mm-hmm. So, so and I don't I don't agree with that. It's okay. the range of their emotional expression is very narrow. Well, obviously, what you're going to yeah. feel is going to be a lot. But I, I wouldn't say even say very narrow. You can express extreme emotions. It's just again choosing how you express those. Can you choose to express them very very calmly? Like I am extremely angry with you. Well, and you and I have talked about how... Right. No, uh, I mean it. I'm extremely angry with oh, you, John. No. okay. Good. Sorry, I couldn't tell because your face <laughs> just looks like that all the time. Exactly. <laughs> um, what we've talked about... like, it's like, it's like the voice <laughs> immodulation syndrome. I have the face immulation syndrome. <laughs> Will Ferrell. This is just my face. I'm yeah, sorry. So I'm, I'm, going I'm not my, angry. I just... So I'm uh, talking real sexually like to my it. wife. Ooh, I want you. And, <laughs> and you have that. <laughs> have that face. No wonder she's been rejecting me all these That's times. That's right. It uh. would be much easier to find... I don't find you attractive <laughs> when you look like Droopy Dog. <laughs> but but we've talked about like with profanity. That, that, that profanity, mm-hmm. generally speaking, comes out when your level of emotion exceeds your vocabulary. Okay. And so I used to think your level of emotion should never exceed your vocabulary. Mm. And as I've gotten a little bit older, I realize there are times when it is entirely appropriate. Oh my gosh. To you, curse. You, yeah, I, well, to curse, I agree. I, well, I use it in people hate this, hate that I do this, mm, yeah. but I use it in counseling a lot yeah. because cuss words have this amazing ability to pierce the veil. Mm. Oh, look, cool. there's look your look good screen movie. But it pierces right through to the emotions that we feel in our gut level. Yeah, well, stuff. because that I, again, I think that's you know what they're designed to do, right? You but, know, but to express I... an emotion that exceeds your vocabulary. And but can we learn to express these emotions in ways that are actually representative, mm-hmm. rather just rather than just reactive? Well, and you know, you and I have talked about this for years and years and years. There, there are times when screaming, mm. get out of the street, yeah, duck. Duck. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, <laughs> yeah, that's a good time to scream. That's a good time to scream. That is an entirely appropriate thing. You don't want to say, duck. Yes, please get out of the way. Please get oh, out of the way of that bus. Stop. Oh my gosh, this reminds me. I can't, I have not thought about this in forever. All right, in high school, we went to a huge, huge, like 6A level high school in Houston, Texas, and mm-hmm. we played at this county stadium, the high school games, and it was huge. It seated like, I don't know. 15,000 fans, or probably Texas more Texas football is, oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, Friday Night Lights, it's the whole so, thing. But at the back of this stadium was this concrete wall that you could stand and walk on, and behind it, no one knew this, but behind it was a ledge, right? Okay. And so I, one time, was standing on the wall, and, ha- and all my friends were acting like I was going to jump, because oh, from the stands, yeah, sure. it looks, it looks like, like it's like... nothing down there, oh, right? Dear. You know, and yeah. So, so they so trying I, to talk you off the ledge, literally. Right, right, right. And I remember my one friend, who was probably the best friend I had and the smartest, was was not into this. He thought it was stupid. It's going to cause a yeah. reaction. And I and so when you were saying no, duck, he was like, no, Hal, don't stop, please, don't, don't, don't jump, right? You know, you have so much but, to live for. Yeah, it was very hard <laughs> passion. <laughs> It was funny. So there are times when 
experiencing a spike in your emotion is normal, healthy, appropriate. It all depends on how you're going to express it. And our job is, as, as parents is to model that expression, teach that ability to express, right? And mm -hmm. how we react when our kids express extreme emotion. But in reality, this is not really, I don't believe, what her question is about. Her question is about how do I relate with my kid in a way that shows I care... Without bombarding Without him. prying. Yeah. Bombar yeah, I like that, bombarding. Because, you know, you bombard your kid with questions, questions, questions. I got to know. I want to know. They you turtle up. Of We've course We've talked about do. that before, right? And, and they, they should, yes. man. It's what I would want them to do. Yeah. When they're being interrogated by the police, I want them to clam up. And not <laughs> or confess. by the enemy. You know, name, rank, and serial there number. You That's go. all yeah. you get. That's right. So, we, so she asked, and I, I love this, she asked if we would role model a conversation, like, to actually so give an actually example. So actually, you and I are going to be, we're going to be actors. Yeah. Okay. We've done this before. <laughs> this whole thing is role modeling. Neither one okay. of us believe any of the crud we're spouting out in this thing, so the whole thing's an act. So there are natural. actually a staff of writers behind yeah, us who, so, who uh, provide us with these scripts. This right. is... Just the level of acting ability that makes even, it sound off the cuff. I'm not even married. I don't have kids. I don't. Yeah. I, I live on the street. I'm not even a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains your voice. Oh, yeah. thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. We'll be here all week. Tip yes. your waitresses. Thank you. So, what are we going to do here? We're going to do a little role play. Well, Is that yeah, what we're gonna do? yeah. Uh, I think that can. I think that can work. Because what we want to. Can I be the husband? Uh, we're going to do a husband wife. <laughs> Wow. Well, I just assumed. What, she's talking about she and her kid. She, her and her kid. Okay, yeah, all right. We're going to do a kid. We'll do okay. a husband and wife another time. All right, so... Actually, uh, we need to bring Jenny on this show. Ooh. Yeah, and yeah, have Jenny her. She good. and I will... Bring a little estrogen to the room. Yes, yes. And and she'll probably bring more testosterone as well. Oh, well, that's true. I, I should have... That would have been the easier yeah, joke. I don't know why I you didn't go there, yeah, dude. Good you got to take the easy ones. It's a softball. It was. <laughs> Laid it up right there for you. Okay. So she she's wanting to know how do I respond, and so let's take the 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 after game because it's interesting. There was this huge survey done by some coaches who are really trying to change how parents relate to their kids around sports, and these coaches they have demonstrated this. Uh, well, they they've laid out these surveys that they've taken of mm -hmm. professional athletes. Okay, and ask them... What's the least... What's your favorite part of growing up uh, with sports, and what's the least favorite part of growing up with sports? Parents in the stands? Parents in the car. Parents on in the, the car. On the ride home. Brilliant. By far, the wow. least. Right? They said, the, if there were one thing that almost derailed me from sports altogether, it was the ride home. Wow. I have a, a friend named Rhett Smith. And he's a marriage and family therapist in Dallas. Uh -huh. And uh, he's written a couple of books. And uh, and Rhett, just recently, his kids are, are old enough now, uh, they're playing youth league soccer. Mm -hmm. And Rhett said the other day on Facebook, I saw it, it said, um, parents of young youth league soccer players, here's what you are allowed to say. Yeah. Good effort. That is all. Like if you if he could just wave a magic wand over the stand and give parents one phrase, it would be the phrase "good effort." Mm. But stop. Yeah, these kids uh, are these these coaches have one phrase that they say. What is that? You know what? I love to watch you play. I love to watch you play. That's it. Huh? Anything more yeah. than that is invasive, and because you they are so sensitive to that feedback right away, 
I mean, I and I've coached. That's a for, great uh, phrase. Yeah, I I love to watch you play. So we actually made T-shirts with our, our coaching staff and our parents over the last couple of years teaching in uh, travel baseball, and the parents all had T-shirts made, and it just says on the back, "I love to watch you play." Have you talked to Kelvin about this? Because Kelvin is coaching his son's soccer. Yes, he is. I need to talk to him. He's never mm-hmm. seen a soccer game before in I his know. life. He and I and watched one coaching. when we were in Nashville, and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that looks a lot different than the five-year-old it son sure coaching. Does. Yeah, oh, funny. they're actually passing the ball. He's uh, like, we don't pass the ball. No, no we, five years old, you're not going to pass if, the ball. If you get the ball, just right, shoot. Right. Just kick it at the goal. Love to watch you play. Okay, okay. So, you know, role play this thing. Okay. All right. You want to be the kid? I'll be the kid. All right. All right, so I get in the car. Cool, you get in the car. Well, it's before the car. Oh, it's before the car. Yeah. Okay, so, so tweet, the whistle is blown, yeah, game yeah. is over, uh, we've lost 15 to nil. Yeah. Do you like that? Nil? Nil. That's very authentic, right? Yes. Because that's how you say it in soccer. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Obviously, I don't know. Yeah, it's a European thing. That's great. So, um, so uh, yeah, so you usually have a meeting with the coach? Yeah. Right, right. And then what I would always say to my son is, hey, or my or my daughter, did you go thank your coach? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you thank the ref? No. Okay. Go thank He's the ref. He's stupid. He made a call. It was a bad call. Mm. Yeah. I, which call are you talking about? The one, there were so many of them. Every call was for the other team. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. Feels like it's unfair. I don't want to say thank you. Okay. He didn't do anything for me. Oh, okay. Well, I hear that. But that's something we do in our family. Dad, do I have to keep playing? No. Okay. After, after, st- after this season, you don't have to play. I have to play the whole season? Yeah, you signed up for the season. <sighs> this is stupid. We're terrible. We lost 15 to 0. You're not, you're, you're not good. No. No. You're not you're not you're not That's very good mean. right now. You just said a mean thing, Dad. I did, is that mean? That's mean. To agree with How you? Would you it's say mean? mean things to no, me. I would say right now you're, you're not supposed to you're cheer not very me up. Good. That's not my job. That's not my job. So go go uh thank the referee and then we'll be and we'll be in the car. Make sure you get all your stuff. We'll be in the car. Okay, so now the kid goes and mm-hmm. grudgingly And now it's mom and dad and everything. Mom and dad in the car with him and yeah. And now he, he comes back, he gets in a car. Right, right. Hey! What? Who's excited about ice cream? Me. Cool, cool. Because we're going to Dairy Queen. That's it. That is it. I mean, what I coach parents is the last thing you talk about. The last thing you talk about. Is so you just let your kid sit back there and sulk? Absolutely. No. Hey, what's going on? Nope. Hey. Nope. You, are you feeling sad about nope. losing? Nope. I already None did of that? It. No. He offered a little. I came back. You you know, you know, offered a little. I came back. I kind of agreed with you. Yeah. yeah that stinks. That's hard. Yeah, you guys aren't very good right now. But you know what? You can. This you is. Can be. It's hard to watch your kids when they're in pain. Absolutely. And you want to cheer them up? You want to elevate them. You want to, you know, or it, it just creates so much anxiety in yeah, me no. as a parent. It's uh, of course it creates anxiety, <laughs> right? The question is, do you want to honor that pain? Do you want to respect the pain and the power that can have, 
Or does your anxiety about watching them in pain want you to actually rid them of the opportunity that that pain can provide? Or do you want to give them some false sense of perspective? You know, well, you know, in Africa, they don't have oh youth league soccer. Oh, they don't have Dairy Queens Again, on every and corner. and that's still fed by your need to ease your anxiety because I need you to feel differently than you feel right now. So jumping in to rescue our kids from yeah. that says more about our pain threshold than it does about theirs. Absolutely. And I can't stand to see you in pain so I'm, it's like, I see or parents, I can't stand to see you struggle on the field. I see these parents a lot. <laughs> we have uh, some friends and I won't mention them by name, but we have some friends and my wife and I talk about this, that uh, um, when, when the mom is cold, she hands her daughter a jacket. Right. I'm hungry. Eat this. Sure. You know, because whatever I'm feeling everybody must also be feeling. And so parents watching their kid, and their kid maybe struggled in the game, yeah. right? Struggled, I didn't play well some stuff, or, yeah. you know, and they want to say, hey, you know what, I'll watch this, I'll watch this, you know, da 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 You have to resist that urge and talk about nothing else. And if they bring it up, so bring up something in the car, okay? Let's go resume the role play. They never even passed me the ball. Hmm. I just wanted the ball one time. That's, Nobody ever passes me the ball. That sounds hard. It is, because I'm running around out there, and I'm trying to get in position, and if they would just pass me the ball one time. Hmm. That stinks. Maybe that's something you can talk to your coach about. Ah, he wouldn't listen. Yeah. I don't know. But I do want you to know, I really love to watch you play. It was a lot of fun. I had a good time today watching you play. But I didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, that's where I think we, we, we jumped the shark because I don't see a kid doing that. Yeah, probably not. He yes. probably doesn't have the self-reflection. Right, but, right. Um, because if they're inviting you in, that's when it's even harder. But, uh, you know, what I want to first coach parents to do is just don't even go there first. Cause usually yeah. it's not the kid who's inviting no, 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 them no, no, in. No. It's right? Hey, you know, I saw you running around out there without the ball. I'm going to talk to your coach. Yeah, exactly. That's a big thing is oh, I'm yeah. going to talk to your coach. Not, and I, that's what I appreciated about that mm -hmm. was you put it back on the kid. Absolutely. Well, talk to your coach. Maybe that's and, something you can talk to your coach about. <clears throat> just throwing it out there as a suggestion. You know, we talk a lot about how our culture, we kind of have this sense of entitlement. You know, we're raising these kids who have this sense of entitlement. Malcolm Gladwell talks about a healthy sense of entitlement. Yeah. That, that uh, students who do well in school have a healthy sense of entitlement, meaning they feel comfortable going to their teacher. Yes. And they feel entitled to be heard. To ask a question. To ask a question, to ask for help, to ask for clarification. Get the clarification, absolutely. When their teacher gets something wrong, and teachers sometimes get things wrong. Of course. To point that out and yep. that it will be corrected. And a, a, a good, somebody who succeeds uh, or excels in athletics has that rapport with their coach. Yeah. They're in submission to their coach, right. but they feel entitled to an audience. Right. To go to their coach and say, I'm a little frustrated because of this. Sure. And you do that, and it, you coach your kid how to rightly do it. You do it one-on-one. -on -one, respectfully. Respectfully. You know what? One-on-one. Uh, -on -one, don't do it in front of everybody else. Don't do it whiny, mm -hmm. right? Complain. Yeah. But uh, 
Use your big girl voice. That's what I tell the, mm-hmm. the, my daughters. I say that to my son, too. It's a little <laughs> weird. And uh, so we coach that. But usually it's they get in the car and they don't say anything. So coach that. Uh, my coach to uh, parents there is say, hey, you know what? I had a really good time, too. I love watching you play. Now, let's go to Dairy Queen. <laughs> like, seriously, that yeah. much. Just That's it. done. And move on. And then if they invite you in, like you were doing with me, yeah. then that gets a little more tricky. Right, it's tricky, but you how got, much do I wade into that? Exactly, but it always has to put it back on them, put it back on them, right? Mm-hmm. And well, would you, would you like some help with that? You know, I, I can't, yeah. I couldn't throw strikes. Well, is that something you'd like some help with? I'm not assuming that because you're complaining about it or talking about it that you're actually inviting me in. I'm. It's just like with my son last night. You know, he was working on homework, and he's like from across the room. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, what the I mean, heck was yeah. that, dude? You know, <laughs> my kids will do that sometimes, <sighs> and I so I don't respond. It just and then, and then it gets, <laughs> and I again I don't respond. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, Dad, yes, yes, aren't you gonna help me? Okay, well, I didn't even know what that. I don't know what what <clears throat> cre- yeah, I don't means. know what creature made that I don't, sound. I don't dude. speak Frankenstein, <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly. how how to interpret that. Right? Oh, what's that? so I'm like, oh, so what you need help with? I don't know. Okay, well, let me know when you know. Yep. And go back to my computer, and I was working on my project, whatever. And like, well, I need help with this. Again, I'm not going to immediately step in. I'm going to try and say, okay, well, uh, who in your class have you called to help you with this? Yeah. Because my job is to prepare you to be resourceful, right? So sending him well, back to the coach. That's to help so, him. So one of my daughters is in an advanced math class. Yeah. And it's a similar situation. So she's um, she's in this advanced math, math class, and it's going very, very rapidly. Mm-hmm. And there were some logistical problems where she was seated, and they didn't have the right equipment in the room and all this kind of stuff. And she kind of got buried yeah. in, in the first couple of weeks very rapidly. And so she's very frustrated, and she asked me if she could drop the class. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let's give it some time to see if things kind of settle. And, and once they get the logistics figured out if, if you gain some traction. And then I said, who do we know who's really good at math? Mm-hmm. Knowing, of course, that we have, you know, five friends who are math teachers, right. and one who's a tutor, right. you know, one of, uh, one of our family's best friends, her, she's a tutor. And knowing that she knows that, now who do we know? And we started coming up with a list of people who are very good at math, and mm-hmm. she landed. Miss Lisa. Miss Lisa is really good at math. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Miss Lisa might help you mm-hmm. if you called her. Mm-hmm. Do you have her number? Well, I don't, but I have her daughter's number. Well, why don't you send her daughter a text and sure. see if the mom will call you back and set something up? But again, with my even my 12-year-old, trying to get her to see that she has the resources at her fingertips to begin solving these problems on her own. Right. Which is the opposite of, I, I have to say, what most kids are getting. What most kids are getting is, you don't have the resources, you need me to help you, and you need my feedback, and so if you'll just sit there and listen to me and then do what I tell you to do, then life will be better, and then, you know what, my anxiety will decrease. Well, there's a weird thing. I just now made this connection hmm. that um, for a long time, how to succeed in business, mm-hmm. one of the principles that they would tell you was get in there in that company and make yourself indispensable. True. And then they'll never be able to fire you. You'll create job security for yourself. Have we taken those principles and put them in our homes? Mm -hmm. And we're trying to make ourselves indispensable in the lives of our kids. We need to be needed. 
And that creates this dependency that our kids, that we never allow our kids to grow out of. Right. You're always going to need me. Because I need you to need me. Because if you don't need me, then what does that say about me? Mm. I'm unnecessary. And I'm less obsolete. And less valuable, yeah. And, and so I'm less valid, and so I feel less validated, right? So if you don't need my advice, it, it, never mind that that actually is a good thing. Yeah. Right, that you're actually, I've trained you well enough to be resourceful on your own, which is kind of the whole thing. The, the point, whole point, yeah. Right. But yeah, but this is why we're experiencing a failure to launch. Right. Because in order to launch, they have to be independent. Yeah. But we want to keep them tethered. We want to keep them tied to mm. our apron strings. Mm. We want to make sure that they are financially dependent upon us until when? It's until I die? It's interesting. My son is now playing for a different baseball team. Than uh, he has, and the reason why he this has been a journey. Yeah, it's been a journey. Been yeah, on yeah, for the last uh, couple of months. But uh, he chose it was two between two travel teams, and he chose one primarily because I wouldn't be coaching. Mm. And he said, "Dad, it's time. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> play. I don't want to play for you anymore." Wow. Because the, all this whole conversation about how much feedback do you give, well, it gets amplified when you are coaching your own kids. When, you, when you're in a position that requires you to give feedback. Ugh. So what, we, we built in role, rules in our team like because yeah. there were four of us coaching and all four of our boys were on the team. So we said, if your son needs correction, if my son needs corrections, one of you has to do it. Mm, I'm not, I can't do I it. I can't do it. Right. And so we'll be there and you know, make some mistake in the field or whatever and say, all right, who's got it? Because it can't be me. Because it's going to be me if you don't. You know. Now your your wife to... teaches at the school your kids go to. Yes, and Whoa. so next year my wife will have my daughter in AP literature. How much fun is oh, that it is going be... to be? You know, I'm glad it's not this year. I thought you were going to say I'm glad it's not me. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but essentially I've had that role with my son, and, and he, you know, as a coach, as he fired me, yeah. and, and after eleven years, but, but you it's can't good. fire your teacher, and your teacher, unlike your coach, actually writes down a yeah. grade that am, goes on your permanent record. I, I'm glad it's not this year. I'm glad it's not her junior year or her sophomore year when the antagonism between daughter and mother is, is really ratcheted up during right. that. I uh, think it gets well. Hopefully, it. I've seen it a lot of times. Depending on how you parent through those years, your senior year can be a little less so. But yeah, there can be the, uh, because they're one foot out the door. And a but lot of also times. the senior year is all about the um, all about the getting into college and doing all the college applications. So mm -hmm. that stuff. Now I will say that's one thing I am concerned about because one of the projects that the AP literature students do with their AP literature teacher at this time of year is turn in their college essays Ooh. for critiquing. But you figure the person who teaches them yeah. writing should be, you know, critiquing. So she works with the college counselors now, to do could this. could that be a, a thing that your wife does similarly to what you did in the baseball field? What? Is there another English teacher that she could say, you know what, I just, I can't be objective would, about this, I or I would have a difficult time being objective? I think that may be a great thing to do. Okay. And she may even come to me <laughs> oh. for the old writing critique. Okay. The published writer. Oh, yeah, published author. Which she would... Say whatever, Dad. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, but because uh, your wife has proofread everything you've ever written since graduate school. That's for sure. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But when parents are faced with this, I remember watching. Um, again, sports is the easiest way to talk about this, but it can be about grades as well. I remember watching 
uh, you know, I coached, and this one kid, after every pitch, he looked to the stands. Looking at his dad? Yeah. Yeah. After every I've seen pitch. that on the tennis court. I've yeah. seen that in a lot of forums. Look where over. Yeah, they look, look over. over. Oh, you look know over. where you all, you, look the over. other place where you really see this badly mm. is uh, the spelling bee. Oh, the yeah. Scripps yeah. National Spelling yeah. Bee thing that they for... put on ESPN with these, you know, crazy, and they get these kids who are in that awkward phase that you were talking about, yeah. you know, and but mom and dad, oh goodness gracious, I one of my daughters is very good at spelling, mm-hmm. and she was uh, she placed second in her school last year, second cool. wow. or third, very second cool. or third, but being in the audience there mm-hmm. watching those students and doing the same thing, looking to mom and dad. After their each word, when what, that, and that means you, you've trained them to have that feedback, yeah. non feedback. And here's the thing: the only reason why we are going to be tempted to give them feedback on anything and everything, like uh, Hannah Bear has said she's tempted to do, is because we're not paying enough attention to ourselves and our own jobs. Right? We got to have something other than them as our primary project in life. And this is, it sounds so backwards. But yeah. if you make your project, your primary project in life, your kids, then you have to be incredibly good at leadership development because you are working yourself out of a job, which is what all good leaders do. But again, that's counterintuitive because yes. for so long, those business principles were make yourself indispensable. Yes. And then what happened? The leader who was indispensable died or went away. And the company died with him. <clears throat> the company folds. Because they haven't been thinking, no, our job is to train leaders. That's to our... replace ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Right? And that's what we, good parents have to do. So, you, But I think the easiest way to do it is just don't pay so much attention. No. That doesn't mean don't pay any attention. Right, right, right. Obviously not. But it just means don't pay attention. I was at my son's baseball practice. Every little thing. You're you're monitoring your kid's footwork and yeah. the way his hips are right. opening up. Because it was when interesting. He swings I, through the strike zone. Oh my gosh. But I was coaching. I mean, I, I, I'm now not coaching. But my son asked me of the first practice with his new team, and he said, "Can you come?" Cool. Well, I was yeah. I drop him off, and he's, "Would you stay?" And so it was two hour practice. So I'm there with some other dads, right? And. uh it was tempting, hmm. so tempting, right? When your son is on display, you know, shagging balls in the outfield and you're leaning forward and somebody mm-hmm. says something about him, you know. But I had to realize, man, I can't do this. I can't look at it. An exercise I used to do, I, actually I mentioned it in the Screen for Your Marriage book, is whatever we look on, whatever we gaze upon long enough, we will try to fix. <laughs> so the exercise is go home and imagine your biggest wall hanging in your house. Now You will eventually find that it is off-center yeah, so, by yeah. a quarter of an inch. Intentionally make it crooked and see how long you can stare at it. Yeah. You can't without... You're going to notice impulse to fix it. You're going to notice flaws, and if you're not noticing flaws, then you're going to be proud of what your kid is doing on the field, and you're going to take too much credit for what mm-hmm. they're doing and too much pride in that. And so, bring something else to do, or get into a conversation with the other dads, which distract them from uh, overanalyzing their sons. Uh, there's a great quote, and maybe you can look it up online, but it, it's um, by uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And he said something about the the best parents, they're high on their steed and they have a gaze that uh, sees them in the foreground but is always looking in the afterground or something. Uh, you'll probably find it soon. But it's I love this kind of, look, you, you're there, you're very, very present, but your gaze is not 
directly on them with a microscope. Mm-hmm. I can't find it right you now, but I'll find, find it. it yeah, you're terrible. <clears throat> so I could have, but I'm distracted because I'm trying to listen to you and, and keep people engaged in the podcast. Whatever you need to tell yourself. Yeah, big that's, well, you know, that's right. I didn't want to just leave you out there on your own. Because I can't handle it. that's when we lose it. listeners. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the longer Hal talks... Uh, the no, less, the less inclined. No, that is not true. You're a professional speaker. You're good I at this. I speak good sometimes. Now let's go get ice cream. Exactly. Hey, that's uh, thanks for listening to the You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen-free. Two guys trying to calm down so we can grow up and get close to the people who matter. We'll talk to you more next week. See ya.